What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Natalie Carr over Zoom video. Natalie was born and raised in South Connecticut. She said about 45 minutes outside of Manhattan in New York and talks about how she got into music. Comes from a musical family. Her mom is a singer. She actually still performs in a cover band. Natalie started off on piano and then picked up guitar after being very inspired by Taylor Swift. She wrote songs throughout high school but never showed anyone any of her music until she got into college. She talked about releasing her first song, landing on major publications like Billboard, working with Dallas Austin, learning how to record and produce her own music, and all about the most recent song she released called Apple Pie. You can watch our interview with Natalie on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Natalie Carr. Awesome. Well, it was so nice meeting you. Yeah. Nice to meet you too. I'm really happy that I discovered you guys. Awesome. Well, we're happy you discovered us as well. Um, so this is about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about uh, the new song you have out and everything you have coming up. Sick. Awesome. Sweet. Um, just based off of what I was reading about you, you're from uh, what, Connecticut originally? Yes, Connecticut. Um, I grew up in Stamford, Connecticut, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have for years now. So, okay. How old were you when you moved to North Carolina? I was 18. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you were like out of high school and everything. Out of high school, like into college. Um, I moved for college and then I ended up doing music and I just stayed because I didn't know where else to go. Um, <laughs> well, I was like, you know, I was like, I can't afford to just swing it in Nashville or LA right now. So I was like, let me just get my feet off the ground. And now many years later, I'm still here. But I think, I think that moving is in the future. I just kind of am putting the pieces together. So we're going to find out, but. Very cool. There's a lot of stuff going on in North Carolina. There's a lot of musicians. I actually have talked to them. It is. It's like anywhere. I mean, there's going to be talented people wherever you go. Um, perhaps like less concentrated in pop specifically, but that's allowed me to like build a local fan base, which is like really helps with pretty much every other area. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So uh, Connecticut, talk to me about um, growing up there. Um, it was, so I'm Italian and pretty much everyone where I'm from is Italian. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like okay. Very, yeah. So like Connecticut is very like Southern Connecticut, right outside of New York city. So it's like 45 minutes outside of Manhattan by train. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So it was like a really unique place to grow up. Like it was incredibly diverse. Um, a lot of like second, third gen immigrant families. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just kind of unlike other places in the country, like North Carolina, I'll speak to people about like they're growing up and their high school experience. And, um, it's just pretty vastly different from mine. And, um, I didn't go back just because I stayed here, but when I go home now, I miss it so much. And I'm like, I could see myself moving back one day. Yeah. And I mean, being 45 minutes outside of Manhattan, that's yeah, quite a, you know, that's pretty amazing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that's the best part. But I mean, I also, I mean, in a weird way, consider New York city home just because I had so much 
proximity to it. Like my dad worked in Manhattan. My sister has lived there for 10 years. So I'm, when I go home, it's kind of like I'm split between the two. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends work there and I'll do shows and whatnot. So I, I definitely love New York. It's my first love. Um, it's, I think it's just like one of the greatest cities ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you get into music? Do you come from a artistic I musical have- household at all? Yeah. So on both sides of my family, like grandparents were very musical and had a lot of like interesting things happen to them in their careers, like many, many years ago. Um, but my parents really weren't. My mom sings in a cover band and she has like as a hobby. That's awesome. Iconic. Yeah. She's been doing that for since I was like, God, maybe like 10 or 11. So I think she's a singer and I inherited that, but definitely not from my dad. And for me, it was just kind of like a thing I was interested in, a private hobby. Um, It wasn't totally encouraged. Like my sister was an athlete and that was kind of what I was supposed to do was be really good at a sport. But Mm -hmm. I mean, in my soul, like music just spoke to me and I wanted to learn instruments and make it, you know, so. Yeah. Did you play a sport at all or no? I did. I was a swimmer and I played tennis and I, yeah. So I definitely, you know, like found them interesting, but not in the way that like music is. Music, yeah, that's awesome. I was, I did swim as well in like high school. Were you, did you, were you good? I could see it for you. I was, I, I was pretty good. I mean, I did water polo, which was big because I'm from San Diego and oh. Southern California water polo was a big sport. Water I'm not really big, but, but it was big enough. Um, yeah. So I did that from like seventh grade through not to the, I stopped doing it before my senior year, but um, yeah. And if you were on the, if you played water polo, they made you go on the swim team. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Usually the other way, like you'll swim and then they'll give you water. Like I played water polo just by virtue of swimming, but I wasn't like good at it. Oh really? That's awesome. Did you do it in like high school and stuff or was it just something? I think it was more like summer league stuff, like middle school into high school. Like I, you know, never took it seriously, but that's so cool to like, think that was like how you got into swimming. That's. Yeah, it was that I didn't enjoy the laps and stuff, but (laughs) it was what it was. Monotonous. It takes a special kind of person to find it. Like, you know, I, it's so boring to me and I I swim and I'd be at swim practice and I would just be like singing songs in my head and like, that's all you can do is like, think. Yeah, just always somewhere else. But I always wondered, like, I don't this is so off topic, but is there like I've tried to find like headphones or something that you could like use in the yeah. pool and swim. I don't think I don't know if anyone's came up with the technology. Maybe I'm just ignorant to it. I feel like those did exist. I never had them. They were probably so expensive and they probably right. are and they probably aren't great. But um, that could be a game changer, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's the one thing about swimming that like I wouldn't go back and do it as like a a means of exercise just because it's so boring. <laughs> like, it's so boring. Like, you have to do it for so long to like get benefits from like, you have to like swim for like over an hour, like to really reap the like full workout. Like it's, it's I don't, miss it. <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, I have like nightmares thinking back to swim, swim practice, like getting there at like five in the morning and yeah. And getting anyway, yeah. 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 Right. It's like you just everyone's standing there and the coach would be like, if no, if everybody's not in the pool in the next two like minute, then we're all swimming like 100 butterflies for like 30 minutes. You're like, everyone's just pushing each other in the pool. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the vibe. Like, oh, my God. Torture. I don't know how anyone else liked it. But they did. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, so music as going back to music. So mom wasn't or is maybe she still is in a cover band. She still is. Yeah. <laughs> Would you go see her performance stuff as a kid? 
Yeah, I would. I mean, I was, it was, uh, at first I was like, I don't know whether or not to be embarrassed by this, but I mean, I thought it was so fun. Like, I just think that, uh, like I saw her last week I went home, um, and I went to see her and I haven't seen her in like years do it. And it was just, just so fun, man. Like, I think people that love to perform, it's like such a, like once you're into it, it's like, you just crave it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Like what songs did she do? Or is it just like a, it's kind of all over like sixties to now. Um, okay. Yeah. So that was always fun, but no, no one in my family like played instruments or like took an interest in it, but I, I definitely did pretty young. It was like, this was a given. Okay. Um, what, what age did you start playing an instrument? What, what did you play? Um, piano. I started taking like lessons. I was that ADHD. I was really bad at listening, but I started playing when I was like nine or 10 and then guitar in high school because I was obsessed with Taylor Swift. And I was like, well, I'm going to learn guitar. Oh, um, I love Taylor. Like I'm every other girl in America. Well. That was, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is she the reason why you've wanted to start writing songs? I think so. I think she was a big influence, but there, there were several. I think that um, growing up and admiring her was just, for so many people, so inspiring. She is just the greatest. Like, I'm such a fan. I am um, so am I. I have a gigantic poster of her right here. Wait, can... that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I not like, it, it I... might screw up the camera, but I don't know. let's see if I can see. I want to see which let's see what you got. Yes. Oh, wait, that's a good one. Was that her like red era? Uh, yeah, I think so. And it's in like a double thing. Cool. Yeah, she gets the biggest real estate in the office. for you. She does. She does. Yeah. I, I uh, when I worked on the radio for a lot of years, um, she was doing the on the 1989 tour. I like begged the program director. The, the I was on the alternative station, but there's a pop top 40 station and they did something with her and I was like begged to go and they're like, no, we can't, we can't, uh, you know, get another person in or whatever. But he brought me back like a, the 1989, uh, a big picture. And she wrote like two Adam. Love Taylor That's Swift. so cool. <laughs> it's That's like my most, one of my most prized possessions. <laughs> like I, I have never gotten like even a degree of separation, five degrees of separation away from the queen herself. Like I, she's amazing. I'm not like, you know, like buying ten thousand dollar tickets and going, oh, sure. But like nice and some people are, but I mean, she was a huge inspiration. I mean, how could she not be? But I loved country music too at the time. I thought I was gonna like be a country okay. star, which is so funny. Like, oh really? Girl from the Northeast. Yeah, I, I don't know what. I think I, I was like sick from school one day, and CMT, like the music videos, were playing when I was like in elementary school, and I was like, this is so sick. Oh, okay. And then we, so then you were just in the country at that point. But is just that where you in the country? Yeah, it okay. was big for, for me. And I love, I mean, I loved every genre. Um, I, I listened to everything, but at the time I was like, yeah, I could see myself like being a country artist, but I had no affiliation. Like, no, I'm not from the South, like not even remotely. <laughs> it was so, and then it became kind of like a joke. Like it was like my like high school identity was like Nashville Nat. I've never been to Nashville at this point. And it was just kind of like this thing. Like we all like thought it was funny. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be a country star. You guys like it's serious, but um, I learned guitar for that reason. And I, I just started teaching myself the instruments because then at that point it clicked that like I could write too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I wanted that, you know, vessels for writing, but um, now like as it stands, I'm not playing instruments like on stage. It's not like a huge part of my music. It's mostly like production and, you know. Okay. So. Yeah. So when you, you know, learn guitar instead of writing your own songs, were you, playing them out like were you were you playing two people or around like in high school and stuff not at all it was I was so I had such bad stage fright and I was so afraid of 
being like seen in that capacity, it really took me into like late college to even like go to a recording studio for the first time. Like I had never sang on a stage up until two years ago. I had never wow, sang. even with your mom doing it. Yeah. Didn't, like, yeah. Interesting. Terrified, like wouldn't do. I had like songs out and I was like, I had never performed. Um, and now I like can't get enough of it. Now I'm like, let me come perform. Like, let me open. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, let me do it. Like I'm, I'm putting like, you know, all these shows together and whatever, but it, it, like, it was just such a private hobby. It was like a dream. It was like something I was like, this is like a dream that is either going to like die as a dream, which is sometimes comforting. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a, you know, a fantasy that you make in your head, but, or it was going to become like, I'm going to like try to do this. It. And I chose to try to do it. So did you end up like, going i mean were you putting songs out at that time even if you weren't playing live like i mean when you're in high school did you have like a soundcloud or Bandcamp or anything no i regret it now like i don't know what i was so afraid of i i didn't do it though yeah okay you know i admire people when they're when they're really young i think it's so brave like yeah a lot of the people i talked to that that did that and so most people will just pull it offline or they're like yeah you'll never hear those they're like yeah you'll never hear them yeah or like i privated all the videos stuff um so you end up going to north carolina to go to college you go to school for music or something totally different no i went to duke and i um studied public policy it was really academically driven um throughout high school and i got into duke university and went and i studied um kind of hard not that hard (laughs) at that point i was like once i got there and got in it kind of became like, okay, like I'm not the smartest person in the room anymore. Like, what is my identity now? And Mm -hmm. it became less about like, what is my identity for other people? And what about like myself? Like, how do I validate myself? Like, what is the thing that I love? And within those four years, I very much realized it was music. It wasn't, you know, anything else. And um, I look back and I'm like, should I have been a lawyer, a doctor? And it's like, I don't think so. I don't think I would trade this path with with all of its like hard times for it but yeah yeah i was like there to become you know one of one of those two things so yeah. oh interesting so you yeah you went there and and thought okay i'm gonna either be a lawyer or doctor I'm yeah and you then know. how quickly into it were you like ah, i'm not into that i just want to- pretty quickly i think the hardest part and even now to this day like i love academia i love studying i love learning i love writing I'm naturally very gifted at a lot of the things that school like entails. And I, you know, as much as I loved that part, the actual, like now go get a job and do this thing. That's when I think I got like cold feet. I was like, Oh, it's not just like a textbook and writing a paper anymore. And like answering emails now is going to be like, this is my entire life. And I felt like I couldn't commit to that um, <laughs> right out of school. And I, I this is what right. I want to do. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people. I mean, when I graduated, I didn't know what I wanted to like it's like what well like well, I actually had, it took me a long time like the first couple of years of college I was like what the hell am I like what is the point of this and then I got did radio and and I was able to kind of get my way in that way because I like music but I wasn't a musician by I could poorly play guitar but like that's kind of when when I discovered that it was like oh okay that's what I want to do yeah. but I you know beforehand you always have these ideas like oh I'm gonna do this or I'd be cool to do that and then you know most yeah. of the time it never. I don't know. Maybe more, maybe people do know exactly what they want to do when they go at 18 to figure it out. But maybe they do. Uh, that was I mean, my journey. Yeah. <laughs> like radio is so rad. Like, I feel like that must have been 
such an interesting, maybe something you didn't think you would do and then found it. But I think the weird thing about like being a doctor is like when you're 18 in this country, you're supposed to be like, yes, to the next 12 years of school and and paying for school. And I like, I don't, I didn't have that kind of conviction and, you know, that's, yeah. I mean, that's an investment, even be a lawyer, right? You're leaving, you're like, God, I'm like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Like hopefully this thing works out. Yeah. So I don't know. You're right though. So many people just end up somewhere they didn't expect to be, but that's, what's kind of exciting about life. <laughs> right. Right. A hundred percent. Um, so you start, like, how do you then, okay. You're like, Oh, I want to do music. This is going to be the thing. Like, how do you, like, is there a moment that that kind of clicks or do you get the courage to put a song up or do you do an open mic night? Like what was kind yeah, of the callous of like, okay, I'm, I, I think I can do this. Like, yeah, it was, it's a great dream and it's something I would love to do, but realistically, I don't know if that's something I'm going to be able to do. Like what, what point did that change? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think senior, so senior year of college and I was like, I need to like get a job to afford studio time. I'm going to like start recording songs. I think I like knew some local um, people just like on campus and outside of campus. And I was like, I'm going to like tell them I'm going to try to do this and see what they can do to help me. Like, I didn't know anything about music production. I never recorded myself. I'd never been to a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just writing songs for yourself. At that writing point. songs for myself and like, you know, singing to myself, like literally wasn't singing to people. And so I started just doing the studio thing for like a year or two. And then ultimately put out a song and then like a lot of songs since then. But uh, yeah, it's crazy that like now I look at it and I'm like, I had a lot of songs out that had like decent, like press hits, like playlisting, like things happened, like mm-hmm. not like in a, you know, a serious way that changed my life by any means, but like, you know, like it was enough to the point where it was like the fact that I had never done a show up until two years ago is like kind of surreal. Like, I think I don't know how I managed to hold off that long and procrastinate it for that long. Like I just wouldn't do it um, until it was like something that I was like, I have to face this. I have to get over this. But, and I knew it was inevitable. I was like, I'm going to have to be on stage. Like, but I don't, I think I was just doing a lot of studio work and putting songs out and um, you know, I don't, I don't like now I just don't understand how I managed to stave it off for as long as I did. But <laughs> well, nowadays, I mean, realistically, there's a lot of artists that have, I mean, they've played shows now, but like the only artist I could think of back in the day was like Enya. I don't think they ever played a show, yeah. but they had like all those commercials on TV. It was like, buy it like to buy their album. Yeah. I, I don't think they ever played a live show. I didn't uh, know that. So cool. That's so Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's other people that like kind of blew up during the pandemic that never did it. Right. I mean, they'd have right. a song that got on TikTok or something like, I remember I t- uh, interviewed Powfu. He had mm-hmm. that huge song, uh, the Coffee in My Head song. And when I talked to him, he only played like one show to like nobody. And then that song blew up over the pandemic and, you know, his life was changed from there. But like, you know, that's that's, I think, more common than not now. Yeah. Yeah. I think nowadays it probably is. I think like exactly. It wasn't just putting songs out. It was also like being trying to be on the Internet. Right. Like doing the half the battle nowadays is just being online and being present and active. And I think I was kind of devoting my time to that. And um, it's funny now that I'm like dipping my foot into like doing shows all the time or trying to like trying to like make these tours happen or like whatever. And then also doing the content, also recording the music and writing the music. It's like, I'm realizing just how there aren't enough hours in the day. Right. Um, and it's to make money on top of it. Cause obviously I'm at a point where I'm like, I need to 
continue to make money doing other things. Like I'm not making um, a living solely for music. So like there's, you know, but it, it is that period where I'm just trying to like, just put one foot in front of the other and get the work done. Um, mm-hmm. But it is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like we're, there's a lot to do nowadays as a modern artist. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Well, I have the solution for you. It's Adam from Bringing It Backwards. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your doorstep. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tracking all your holiday to-dos. Factor wants you to skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays. I know I personally have kids at home that are home from school on break, which means they're home all day. (laughs) Not only that, but, you know, driving to the extracurricular activities, their friends' houses, doesn't leave a whole lot of time for meal prepping. Factor lets you choose from over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your doorstep, and they're ready to eat in two minutes. That's right. Delivered right to your doorstep and ready to eat in two minutes. You don't get the food delivered to you, and it's like, okay, I've got the food, but now i got to spend 45 minutes an hour prepping all the food and making it so I'm ready to eat. This is two minutes delivered right to your door, fresh, never frozen meals, supporting your healthy lifestyle. And this November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your doorstep. Again, ready in two minutes. No prep, no mess. Flavor-packed meals delivered right to you. All you need to do is head to factormeals.com slash B-I-B-T-V 50 and use the code B-I-B-T-V 50, B-I-B-T-V 50 and get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash B-I-B-T-V 50 for 50% off. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. And so like when you put out your first song, what was that like? Okay, like I got my song out. Like I mean it was exciting. Yeah. I think looking back, I don't love the song, but it's like people still to this day, I mean it's only been in like however many years. It hasn't been like 50 years, but we'll be like, I love that song. And um I think it's that's kind of cool that my journey is like I've never deleted anything. I've always just kept everything up, even if I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. Um but yeah, like I think in that moment, I was so excited because I got a taste of like, this is, you know, not everyone is um, saying I won't be your friend anymore because your song sucks. And <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, like my family still likes me. Like, that's good. You know, because there's so much fear. You put so much on that first release as a artist. It's such an exciting experience. And so when it's received well and people are supporting you, I mean, there's no better feeling than that. You know, And like, obviously people liked it. I mean, like to get validation from the first song you put out must have been like helpful as far as like wanting it was because then you're like i can't wait to do this again (laughs) right right and then when this like was there like a another like after doing the first song and then like maybe playing a show or something like how quickly 
you said you you played your first show a couple of years ago. Was that like past the pandemic or in the before it or like it was twenty twenty one. So it was it okay. was um, I think Omicron. No, that was coming later. Yeah. So it was out of the twenty twenty. Um, like pandemic like happened and then you yeah during when, that time period were you writing a lot of songs yes i was i was writing a lot of songs and um my big i'm I, the cool thing i think a lot of people did different things during the pandemic as artists like i know some people gave tiktok their full attention i strongly mm-hmm. regret not doing that <laughs> but i was there's a little cringe for me i'm old though i'm like i know that was a thing too i wasn't like so so young that i was like yeah you know, jumping on it. But I think for some artists that was life-changing for me, I learned how to engineer myself, which is like a, such an important part of my process now is recording myself. Like, um, it, that's the greatest gift I gave myself during that time period. And because of that, I was able to just write a lot more quickly and efficiently. Um, so the pandemic was like a good time in that way. But I also remember feeling what I think everyone was feeling, which is like, all these plans I had are put on hold and this is time we won't get back. I mean, it was, it was a difficult time. It's easy to romanticize it now. I find people being like, Oh my God, I missed lockdown. Like I missed like never leaving the house, but it was like, really <laughs> right. Like I'm until it happens again. Like and then two weeks in, you're like, okay, I'm over this. Yeah. And I'm like, do you remember when like your weddings were canceled and you're, you know, right. you're like that. So um, yeah, but I, I learned to record myself during that time. So that was helpful. Wow. Okay. So like the recordings that you have, like currently out, like I w- you put out the first few songs, what in a studio, you went to a studio and, and recorded. And yeah. then like, what, what did you do? Like, where did you start engineering your own stuff at? Like what song? You can hear it at, um, I have a song called fate. I think that might've been the first one I did by myself. And you can hear too, like the songs I did professionally in studio when I wasn't comping my own vocals versus how they, everything has sounded since then. Like I can hear the, uh, difference and just like the way stylistically my voice sounds now versus how it was then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So basically everything since then has just all been me. I don't think. Wow. I, or if I, I were in the studio, I was doing the, you know, you're doing everything on my side. Yeah. So um, I can hear those differences, but for better or for worse. Cause I think sometimes when you record yourself or um, film or edit your own videos, anything like that, it's like hard to take yourself out of it and, you know, sometimes you need that third party to like kind of right you and you and you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that was yeah. No, that's cool. I I think that I like some, kind of like well nowadays. I mean, a lot of people put a record out that they recorded or recorded in their bedroom or whatever, and right. it it doesn't matter that there wasn't a hundred thousand dollars of studio or producers or whatever behind it. I mean, if it's a yeah. good song, it's a good song and. I kind of like the grit to some of that stuff where it's like you could like the lo-fi sense of recordings and not that your sounds that way. I'm just in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like being able to do that. Like I, I, I've had conversations with other artists like during the pandemic that would record like their vocal take and their, you know, closet with some USB shit mic. And then they would go yeah. to the studio and we weren't able to like re create that same like emotion when it came to singing the lyrics it was like okay now it's kind of become like you know stale because they've been doing it so many times and it's like they'll just use that first take from right i mean did you feel like you you can get some of that doing it yourself like being able to pull probably i don't know maybe being more like feeling more safe i don't know if there's people around maybe not being able to be as authentic one thousand percent i think 
that's such a real thing. Like there's songs I've been like, I don't like this. I'm going to re-record it. And then you re-record it and you're like, no, I don't like it even more. Like I miss, <laughs> you know, you fall in love with like the rawness of it. But I think there's something to be said for being an artist that's just has an idea and then goes to cut it five minutes later. Whereas mm-hmm. like you to book a studio. I mean, some people just have access to studios. I understand that. But, um, you know, just like in that moment kind of thing where you can just map out a song like in the present moment with yourself, I think is a really great gift that is really empowering. Um, and mm-hmm. it gives you a better understanding of how songs are made. I mean, when you're working with um, software and you're seeing where things go and how to layer things and what plugins, I think all of that is really important in learning how to communicate with mix engineers, mastering engineers, um, producers, because you you are helping yourself by helping the people around you that are helping you with the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think engineering is like probably my favorite thing second to songwriting now and performing. I, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you, I, you've had a lot of like press and stuff. I mean, Billboard is written about you. I mean, having like 10 cool new pop songs, like, and then having yeah. like, you know, Phineas and all these other big names on it, being a part of that. Um, like what, what was that like getting like your first publication and were you like, oh, that must've been such a big deal. It I, when that one came out, I was like, and these are all like one-off things. I think, you know, the modern artists, it's like, that looks cool and it is cool, but it's also like, does that sustain itself past the moment? Probably not. And that's the reality of being a small artist or a small brand, but you know, getting that kind of recognition when I can say that out loud to myself in moments where I'm like, Oh my God, this is so hard. This isn't working out. This isn't what I thought it would look like is really wonderful to have that kind of validation from um, a publication that you've known about since you were five years old. Like, mm-hmm. um, because if nothing else, it's like, well, that happened. Like that was cool. So I think for that reason, I felt very validated and um, empowered. I felt like that was for a music video that I did. And I produced that video and kind of wrote it out with um, the director that I was working with for the first time who's become one of my close friends. And that whole experience, it was just like very like me and my friends making a crazy video that I like thought of and didn't think we would accomplish. And then it became, it was such a good product. And then to have it recognized, I was like, oh my God, like I, I can do this. Like I can get people together. I can write concepts that people like and um, make songs that people like. It, it just gives you that extra push. But, um, but yeah, I definitely don't think, like, I think if people were on billboard every day, it would lose like its luster. I don't know right. if it'll like, happen again. I don't, I don't know. I um, never say never, but like, yeah, it was definitely like a, you're on the right track kind of feeling. Well, you've been on Billboard more than that one time, right? I mean, you got the announce like they announced that you yeah. had got the distribution deal and, and other, other, you know, that's still that getting was- written about right in this massive yeah. thing. It makes you feel great. I think there's also, I mean, artists also deal with so many weird like mental blocks, like in a lot of ways, like it's so easy for things like that to happen to you and then to turn around and be like, well, like imposter syndrome type of thing, you know, right. I kind of didn't really deserve that. Or that was just a fluke or that was a one-off. I don't know how that happened. And um, so it can kind of, you kind of have to just take them all with a grain of salt, feel proud of yourself and just let yourself feel proud and then not read and knew it. <laughs> yeah. Move forward. Yeah. And move forward and keep your mind on the products, on the songs, on the videos, on the thing it is that you do. Um, Cause it's easy to lose yourself in all of the, the fluff, I call it like the yeah things. It's hard to not compare yourself to other people. Um, 
Yeah, I, those are all things that I would a lot of creatives would go through. Imposter syndrome is a huge one. And then just the fact that like you accomplish like, I, I, like, okay, yeah, I got on Billboard, but it's like, that was great. Kind of embrace it. And then, but now, you know, now you want to go to the next thing, right? You, you always got to kind of look forward. Always look forward. Of, yeah. Or instead like, of being like, you never, I, I, uh, Anthony from this band Bayside, I interviewed him and he said, you never arrive, which has always stuck with me where it's like, it's a great way of he's, putting it. yeah, like I, yeah, he's like, yeah, we got signed to a label and all this stuff. And it's like, now we basically, he's like, we were at like the little kids table at Thanksgiving dinner. And now it's like, we're at the big table. And it's like, now what are you going to do? It, I always thought that was, and yeah. And now you got to do it. You got to prove it. Not even like, like prove your worth almost. And everyone's looking at you too. Like, I think after like moments like that, um, little or big or whatever, it's significant to you or it's significant to the following that you have at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think then there's a lot of eyes on you and there's all of this anxiety of like, how do I maintain these people's eyes and their care and attention for what I'm doing? And how do I give the people what they want? And how do I, yeah. So there's a lot of voices in the head to balance. Um, and it's, yeah. So that was moments like that, as good as they feel, I'm like, Oh my God, a week from now, like, what am I going to, it's again, I just, I'm at a point where I'm like, let's just focus on the songs and the videos and <laughs> sure. the shows and the things that are tangible for my own life, like in well-being, and not focus on the extracurricular things that may or may not come along the way. Like, yeah. So with drive, that's the, the record that you put out, where, you know, you landed the distribution with, is that for, is that just for that song? Or are you signed to them still or yeah, like, how's still that working with Dallas? That has been a really wonderful part of this year. Um, we, have gone to his house in Atlanta twice now for a few days at a time to work on songs and work with him and his um, various producers that he would bring in or writers. And we have a lot of songs in the, in the chamber that will be coming out. And I am so excited about them. Um, I knew who he was when I was like a kid. So for that moment to kind of happen felt very full circle. And um, if nothing else, just having his support and, um his feedback like his expertise his artistic expertise like he's a musical genius he's a genius of a business person just having him believe in me has been so empowering um and we've made some really cool songs like all of us together so i'm really hoping that people hear them before the end of the year but if not it'll be the beginning of next year but yeah wow yeah. and how did how did he find you or did you find him i think that my managers they're such brilliant like networkers and um I think that they, I don't know what the connection was there. I wasn't really looped into it, but um, I'm really grateful that whenever it was that he was presented with my, whatever my being, he liked it enough to be like, yeah, come down, let's do this. Let's figure this out. Um, but yeah, they, that was to their credit, not mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause I'm he's written some, food. so many, I mean, he's written so many big songs for so many big artists, right? It's surreal. And he's so humble. Like, I mean, I'm sure you talk to people all the time that do this. And I imagine 99% of people that you talk to are really kind and wonderful, but there's always oh, yeah. in the industry, just people that are not. And <laughs> I I'm, I'm just knowing him has made my life better because he gives me faith that not everybody that's successful is a complete, like, <laughs> yeah. Like he's so kind and chill. He's not showy. Yeah. Like, his credits, I had to look them up, like all of them, because 
he doesn't like just throw them in. He doesn't talk about them. You know what I mean? Or if he does, it's because he's talking about like a specific thing that would apply to the conversation. You know what I mean? It's right. not like, he's like, when I was writing for pink, like this. Yeah. When I was with this or Lenny, whatever it is. And it's always just like this, like casual thing, but it's meant to like, it's never meant to be showy. Is, I guess what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he's, his, his resume is insane. Like I can't even believe I'm working alongside of him or whatever. It's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Man. Yeah. So is uh, apple pie. One of the songs that has came came out of that relationship? No, I wrote that. Um, so f- I wrote that we went down to Dallas's and then at the night I came home, I wrote that. So it had nothing to do. Oh, with wow. It. Yeah. And I was like, this is well, kind of inspired a- maybe. Yeah, I think so. I was just like, I'm going to write like this. I don't know. I think I heard the guitar and I was like, that's, that's cool. Um, apple pie is a weird song. I like it though. It's kind of like funky. It's kind of like that four in the floor, like bass feel. I feel like it's different than anything I've done. Um, it's mm-hmm. a really random song. <laughs> yeah like it's, it's a weird one we're working on the video for it right now we're almost oh done. cool oh yeah. rad are you still doing the are you writing the videos and everything still yes yeah and then um we brought on i have another few folks helping with this video that are exceptional um and yeah this one is we're, we're boxing in it <laughs> i'm boxing oh, cool. i had a very clear idea for this video like a very clear narrative and um they are helping to bring it to life somehow. I don't even know how they are so good at what they do, but yeah, I wanted to box <laughs> that was on the bucket list. And I was like, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. So the, the video, it, so it has nothing to do with apple pie. Is that just the, the apple pie comes in at the end when I'm like in the corner and like discouraged and my coach like gives me the apple pie and then I like win the fight. Ah, okay. It's like, it's like a little kid describing their dream to you, is how I'm <laughs> right now, but I promise if you see it, it'll make so much sense. I like it. Very, very cool. And then you said you have a lot of songs done and ready to come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you going to put out a whole project or just I would love singles like the single, you know, like the modern times, just like single, single, and then be like, here's the AP and it's like six of them are on it. Plus Already like the singles plus the new one that you just yeah but i want to do an ep and then ultimately just <laughs> like i don't know it's i, I want to do an album next year and then i think an ep just at the end of this year however i end up doing it just with you know the ones that'll be coming out yeah very cool and then you're doing some shows coming up too yeah like a little mini it's not really a tour i just put together some dates for like the end of summer early fall so really looking forward to that just Craving getting out out there. Um, are you grateful. like are you ma- mainly staying on the East Coast or like where yeah, are the shows? At? Okay. And then would love to do like an LA trip at some point in the near future and do like one or two out there. I think um, the hardest part about all of it is flying for you know expense reasons. Like it's just so easy to like go up and down where you live. Um, right. I mean, there's so many cities that are so right. close in the East Coast. I mean, California is. Uh, a different story i mean if you go from san diego to la it's a couple hours but then you go up all the way up to san francisco that's like you know 10 hours so yeah you can go through like five or six easily i don't know probably even more states if you're doing the east coast that's very true i i've noticed that too as i'm like thinking about it i'm like wow there's so many things that are driving distance from one another like it's it doesn't make it easier but um yeah just trying to just put one foot in front of the other and just get myself heard and take care of the internet at the same time. Yeah, there you go. Well, I appreciate (laughs) your time. Thank you so much for doing this, Natalie. Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. I really appreciate it.
Yeah, I have one more I've... question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know. Awesome. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, try to always trust your gut instinct because everyone's going to tell you what they think you should do all the time, 24 seven. And don't be afraid to be the loudest voice in the room because it's your boat and everyone else is just on it. Mm-hmm.